hustling really stupid and everybody hates them for it, this is it. I have such sights to show you. Cowabunga, cowabunga, it's vampire time, we're sucking blood and having fun doing it. Thanks for joining another episode of Horny Horror Hour on this uh, pretty warm night in Atlanta. We're just bouncing from cold to warm to cold to warm to cold yep. to warm. Yeah, Macias, you want to turn that heater off now or what? Yeah, for some reason, Macias has to have a heater on the 65-degree weather in Atlanta. It's not 65 anymore. It's like 60 degrees right now. Okay, well, with you saying that, how are you? I'm good. Uh, today was so pretty outside. It was great. You know, I was walking around like a tank top. It was really cool. Also, I'm taking my GRE in three fucking days, y'all. Can't Ooh. wait to get it over with. So proud. So proud of myself. And hopefully you'll tell us the uh, the not horror story, success story next week after you've taken it. I hope so. You know? I get my scores right when I walk out, so we'll see. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They it's give instantaneous? It, mm-hmm. It's like automatic. Ooh, is it showing like a screen where everyone can rate you? You have to. There's a screen it shows you when you're done, and you have, like, you, it's just all on how you think you did. You have the option then, before you see your scores, to either throw them out or keep them. What? I'm going to keep them, obviously. Yeah. No matter what. I mean, unless, You can throw them out right then and there. Right, but you but before you, you look at them. them. Can you still see them after you've thrown them out? Like, oh. I, th- I think it might show it to you after. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's some, uh. A lot of pressure. Yeah. We're going to celebrate. We'll do risk. something. Ooh, I'm going to see Bauhaus that night. That's true. That's fucking cool as shit. Going to a bathhouse, you said? No, it's this band <laughs> Bauhaus. They've been around for like 40 oh. years. It's like very, very, the epitome of goth music, essentially. Sounds like something 80s. that I would not be interested in. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool stuff. How about you, Ash? How are you? Cuba, merci. Shoma. I'm good. I well think, done. What, what'd you say? Yeah, I said I'm good. Doing what, good. What How are you doing? Farsi. Farsi, good. Okay, nice. I'm doing well. Um, weren't you going to give us a little lesson on uh, some stuff before we get into the episode as, as far as us pronouncing some uh, certain country? Okay, so guys, it's not Iran because you're not running anywhere. It's Iran. That is the name of the country. So just like, you know, if you go to a dinner party and you have to talk politics, don't say Iran. It just makes me want to cringe a little bit. It's and Iran. The only reason Ash can say this is because you speak as a Persian yourself? Yes, a yes. little bit. Yekem. Um, also, if you didn't know, it's the 40th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution this month. Whoa. It's pretty fitting that we're starting with this episode because I can promise you we did not try to line that up at all. No, it's wild. And then all the bullshit in the news, but we'll save that for uh, another podcast. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, for me, I got to uh, see my niece. My brother had another child yeah. yesterday. He didn't Uncle have a child, Zach. but uh, I'm wearing a... I am an uncle button, which is nice. Um, what's funny about that is I initially got two buttons, one for I'm an aunt and one I'm an uncle, and uh, I grabbed the the blue one, which you would imagine is the uh, the boy, the uncle one. I put it on, I went out to a bar and had a few beers on the way home, and I'm wearing an I am an aunt button the whole time. Oh, <laughs> look at them bending with, stereotypes. Yeah. With long hair, my mother braided my hair while I was there, so I'm sure <laughs> I just looked uh, like somewhat of a walking anomaly. She braided your hair? Yeah. Oh, I bet that felt good. I mean... I love getting sure. my hair braided. Uh, yeah, but as you've learned by now, we're covering vampires this month. I think a lot of that was a push from Ash, right? You had the great idea to do vampires? Yeah. It's February. It's a lovey month. Vampires are romantic. Indeed. 
in our sick, twisted world, mm-hmm. they are, right? Yeah. And to give you guys a basic definition of what vampires are, I went to uh, Webster, and you guys can help me fill in the blanks of what this definition doesn't really flesh out. But it describes vampires as the reanimated body of a dead person believed to come from the grave at night and suck the blood of a person asleep. Or one who lives by preying on others. Okay. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty stripped down version. Uh, here's some adjectives and words that I think of when I think of vampires. And please, after I, I go, you guys can kind of fill those in. I think of like seductive, clever, sexy, sly, sleek, all the S words mm-hmm. all in yeah. one. Is there anything that I'm missing with describing vampires? Young. I young. don't know. Well, not yeah. always young. Forever young. Forever young. Forever Depending young. on when you get bit, I guess. I want to be forever. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah. But young, immortal. Um, garlic hating, maybe. Yeah, crucifix. Long in uh, the tooth. Allergic. Blood sucker. I like long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they're, they're uh, bloodophiles. Yep. Yes. What were we looking before this? You found a word. <laughs> Coprophagia, for me. where you eat shit. Coprophagia. You where watched you eat the shit. video? No, I didn't. He told me about the video. Ugh. For anyone listening, there's a disgusting video I'm not going to get into, but Ash Emesius would not watch no. it. No. It's like I, an it's older fine. gentleman it's eating his own poop and jerking off. No thanks. I mean, don't slut shame. Some That's people right. like yeah. that stuff. Don't cam shame. It don't was a cam. Shame. A cam show for someone. Really hope you're happy with your poop in your mouth. Somebody uh-huh. found that really exhilarating. That's wild. I found it kind of exhilarating in a not like <laughs> sexual way, but just like I can't this believe I'm watching is this. the depth of the internet like and yeah not, there's that's a bunch true. of shady stuff that goes on on the uh, dark web You're right but yeah. like this is a whole other level of like that same the same thing with the like gravity the guy that, that came in a box for like four years oh uh, that was gross and then she posted pictures and tried to burn it down but it but wouldn't burn down because it was so soggy uh, oh my god millions of children just in a box that's the real horror story of this episode oh my god you know uh, so mm. to get back into vampires, we're going to be looking at a few different types of vampires today before we get into the movie and just to kind of get us warmed up. And we're not going to cover all types, but I kind of put them in three different categories. So to start off with horror cinema vampires, I think you have to go back to like the 1920s, 1930s and get the classic like Nosferatu. Or he was so creepy looking. Yeah, mm-hmm. Or like 1931's uh, Dracula. And what I think made up uh, a lot of these vampires early on is that they were more horrific than charming. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think getting the Bela Lugosi style, and this mm-hmm. kind of went from like the 20s to 40s. Mm-hmm. Also, my least favorite type of vampire because they're kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. In my well, opinion. not a lot of dialogue there. Yeah, Nosferatu's great, and... But, but he is a creepy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. As you've noticed, we have not covered this because I don't think we could release a 10-minute episode. No. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a paper on it once. That's enough. Really? Yeah, in film school, that was the uh, one of the few papers I read, right? I think it had to be a, two, a whopping two pages or Woo! something. But that thesis, <laughs> wow, wow. Was, thesis was pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so the next, we're going to talk about uh, the 50s and 70s for vampire cinema. And I really think that kind of goes more towards the realm of them being a bit more charismatic and often like noble or aristocratic, which is they start to get shaped into. And uh, I don't think it's by any coincidence that this is after World War II and you also started to see them as European and Mm. like European invaders almost. Like they were monsters, but they were generally foreign monsters from, I don't know, whatever, Uh, not Romania, but Transylvania. Yeah. Um, It's the same thing with a lot of monsters at those times that weren't from the United States per se, but they were from a foreign threat. I don't know. It's like Monster Squad. They all came over like on a plane. They all did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they all did. I think so. Wait, uh, question. 
Is Transylvania a real place? You know, I don't really know. Can we consult our friend uh, Google to see what's up with that? Okay. I don't want to misspeak. I know it's I know it's an actual place, I think. Okay, per Google, it is a historical region which today is located in central Romania. Okay. Accurate. Nice. Uh, so in this like second group of people we're trying to group together, group of vampires, I think this is when they start showing their sex appeal a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Lee, I don't know if you guys remember, he did a shitload of vampire work and was in eight different vampire movies within this time. Jesus. Yeah, so he kind of makes up the face of what we're talking about, kind of like the nobleman on the hill, capable of being destructive uh, as any monster in the time, like Creature of the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Wereman, the Wereman. Wereman. I like Wereman. To quicken things up, I think you can point to the creation of a third major type of vampire, and that's kind of where we are right now, and it's it's kind of a catch-all. Again, these are made-up groups. But I think this is when you get into the younger, sexier, kind of existential vampires. Too cool for school Sometimes vampires. Sometimes innocent vampires, mm. which is kind of a weird thing. Um, so you could think, at least in my mind, stuff like your Lost Boys, yeah. Yeah. your Fright Nights, your Martin, your Dusk Till Dawn, uh, all of those uh, <laughs> Your <nice>. Twilight. <laughs> well, I mean, he is like an innocent creature that's yeah. capable yeah. of both evil and good. Even True Blood that's come out kind of shows like the the dark underbelly of vampire culture, but also you got Sookie's uh, main guy. He's nice. Sookie, Sookie. I never watched it. David oh. Boreanaz in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's yeah. Angel Face. So you can put these vampires in three groups like we did for movies. I really think that to do a more basic uh, comparison of vampires is just think about it as a spectrum. And one side you have man and one side you have beast. And I think you can generally kind of pinpoint within a movie's character as a vampire if that person's going to be more animalistic and more on the beast side is unconstrained just kind of going at it and i think like 30 days of night shows that kind of vampire that's just buck wild uh blade shows like those kind of gruesome Mm. like really violent vampires it kind of reminds me of a man thinking with his dick yeah yeah you know Mm-hmm. Just not really using unrestrained the brain. Unrestrained to his yes. like uh, testosterone. Like which, a man yeah. of the boner. Yep. Underworld. I just yeah. watched that for the first time last week. What? Pretty, pretty yeah. badass movie, actually. Yeah, it was pretty good. Which one did you watch? The original one. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other side of the spectrum is like just the vampires that are almost more human than they are vampire. And, and I, I think of like interviews of a vampire where you don't yes. see anything happen for like an hour and a half. Right. And it's yeah. just them like basically kissing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or like Twilight or any of the stupid like, you know, erotica <laughs> novels that have been written yeah. about vampires now. Tweeny movie. Hey, they have movies. a market for sure. They sure do. Yeah. I read all of them. I bought all the books and read them, went to go see all the movies. I did too. Damn. It's almost as big. I don't know which one's larger. It's like the slice of like zombie life that's started happening like yeah. the last five years mm-hmm. of Walking Dead that's been spurred on. Yeah. And if I see another vehicle that says zombie response unit on oh it, my God. I'm going to key your car because it just looks really Douchey. dumb. <laughs> but hey, you know, when stuff happens and you have that bumper sticker, then everyone's just going to be coming for you. Like, I yeah. don't know. You, yeah. you're gonna, you know, they're going to be expected to help everyone. You can't put the, you can't put sheriff on your car and then not help when crime happens. That's right. You're the man in charge. You put that sticker on your car, you are going to be the zombie hunter mm-hmm. in the apocalypse if you can make it. So let's start off this theme strong with February. Again, we're talking about vampires with 2014's Iranian vampire flick called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. What a mouthful. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to pronounce that and forgot one of the words. Yeah, we're going to have to refer to it as a girl. Right. Yeah. Too long. It's and a very long It's name. not a fun acronym to try to say agua no, either. it's like rah. Yeah, so a girl is what we're covering this week from 2014. And I think it shows us that not only is vampire horror not dead, it's very much alive in the United States. I found a story that kind of pushes for a look into vampire life 
in reality. Do you guys want to hear about that? Yes. Sure. Okay. So a little over a year ago, so this is uh, semi-recent, in Malawi, which is a southwestern African country that's bordered by Zimbabwe and Mozambique, uh, there was a vampire outbreak. What? I know. So you might you know, laugh or you think that's incorrect, but last year the problem got so bad with people trying to hunt down vampires that the UN removed all of their active members from the site because they were like, we don't want to deal with what? this. What? What? Excuse me? Well, what happened was it just kind of turned this problem was really not vampires, but people that were just getting in mobs and accusing people of being vampires because they had what? seen them in their sleep and then killing them. What? They eventually led to seven people being killed that were potential vampires, apparently. So it was like a witch hunt. Oh, this, this, this is, is probably yeah. one of the best stories you've ever told. What? <laughs> well, this is a similar to when we started um, last month with Hereditary, and we were talking about satanic rituals, and there's not really many real ones. This is the same thing. I mean, it's people trying to grasp at straws for finding some, uh, you know, fake monster. It's like our explain. modern day witch trials. That's no, some definitely. wild shit. Uh, so it also broke out in 2002 in the same country. But oh my god. I know it's come back so it's definitely a reoccurring theme. So the town folk victims that are apparently being visited by these vampires uh, say a lot of different things. One vampire victim spoke up to a riled up crowd and said, "I know my blood was sucked. I saw a light on the corner of my roof. I failed to stand up from my bed and felt something piercing my left arm pointing near her breast as well." So I mean, I don't think this is real. I don't I don't know. Another person said, I heard the door open. I felt something like a needle in my finger, like a vampire is going to bite your finger to suck the yeah. blood out. Mm. And then uh, he saw a fire in his room. Weird. This is strange. So pointing to another side of it, there is a businessman, one of the, the richer community members, Orlando Champanda, who avoided an attack in his house when 2,000 villagers amassed outside calling for his head, which I can only imagine Whoa. is like the most terrifying thing. Oh, my thing. God. Uh, but luckily, he was rescued by the police and he wasn't a vampire. I mean, I don't know how you... Like, he just had a lot of money that people wanted, it seemed. Yeah. That's what they're saying. <laughs> uh, the, the man says that it's not really about being a vampire. It's more of about the divide and social inequities between the poor and the rich and the poor trying to find ways to um, take out their, uh, I don't know, their jealousy upon the rich. I, it, it's yeah, a shitty huh. situation, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I think, I don't know. Again, I think some of the scarier things that we talk about are generally the real things. And 2,000 people outside of your house accusing you of something that you're not is kind of crazy. That's the stuff of nightmares. Wouldn't it be crazy, though, even more if this was all real? Like it, it was is real, a fucking though. vampire was actually there, like sucking on I'd be like, fucking bite people. me, man. I want to be beautiful forever. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if you if you wanted to uh, do it, you probably want to go to a, a developing country where there aren't as many resources to track down murders what? or hmm. cameras or investigation. But... I think you're onto something. Make you'd, a note. You'd also have to be a um, an African native because you'd just stick out if you were, you know, the <laughs> white vampire that's oh, like yeah. just showed up with his uh, nice suit or whatever. Yeah, very true. Um, but I think that's a great way to get us transitioned into what this movie's about. So I'm gonna pass it on. Uh, this I don't know. This movie's slow to me, but can you? Can you I can hold tell my you've had. I can tell you've had some it. trouble with this one, but yeah, yes. I got you. Um, this movie is almost like a dreamy Iranian fantasy world. It's not like a real place. It's not supposed to be Iran. It's just kind of like an idea of like this like sort of Iranian like, place. Was it called Bad City? Yes. Yeah. 
So it's made up of societal outcasts, you know, your drug dealers, your prostitutes, your addicts, your sexy rockabilly Persian boys, and random vampires that live in this place, as Zach mentioned, called Bad City. And they're just trying to connect, you know? They're not trying to feel lonely. Right. That's like the main story behind this movie. I know it's supposed to be based in the Middle East, but it feels so cold to me. And Does maybe, it? To me, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of based in the Middle East, but it's also kind of just like her interpretation. It's not necessarily supposed to be Iran. It's kind of like yeah. a made up like fairy tale world That's that doesn't fair. really have like a geographical <laughs> location. Because I was definitely watching it being like, huh, that's what Iran looks like. No, <laughs> no. I mean, this movie wasn't even filmed in Iran. So. Right. Bad city. Bad city. Maybe that would be more appropriate. I was trying I, to think well, how yeah, to pronounce it. In the movie, you know, yeah, it was Bad City. And uh, I was like, huh, that must have translated bad. Yeah. Because oh. I was, <laughs> I was like, like, that doesn't sound like a real place. Yeah. No. Yeah. But okay, now I get it. It's more of a, uh, Not uh, real. a concept. Yeah, it's a concept. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And to get the spoiler away, what you're getting at is eventually she finds a boy. Boy falls in love with girl. And you have a vampire human couple riding off in the wind after she kills his father. Trying to make it work. Yeah. Right? Yep. The cat leads oh. them to each other. What the cat didn't lead them to is a medley pot of genre and style. I don't know if you guys have ever covered a movie that there's more different types of styles and genres in this movie. No, that's what I liked about this movie. I feel like it's like the ceviche of like a horror movie because it has a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just start with the obvious. It's a horror movie. Kind of. Uh, kind of. Yeah, it's a vampire film. And I think it really <laughs> teeters be, uh, between being a drama and a romantic movie more than it is a horror movie. Yeah. And I'd almost rate this, and you'll see with my ratings at least, that I think this is a pretty mild horror movie. Uh, For sure. If not, like, next to not being a horror movie. Yeah. It's creepy enough to still fit. It's moody enough to yes. still kind of fit. Yeah. Um, I think the next thing you'd see really easily is it's foreign. I mean, the entire movie is uh, set not necessarily like Ash was saying in an Iranian city, but everyone's speaking Farsi. Everyone has very uh, Middle Eastern uh, qualities, dark skinned, uh, beautiful people. And as we'll get into with the location a little bit later, it actually ends up being an American movie. It was filmed here, but it does have elements uh, of being a foreign movie for, for any uh, just regular casual viewer of it. Um, it's in black and white, which I don't know if we've done with a black and white movie before, have we? I think no. other than an old movie, I don't think we have. Like Spider Baby for sure. And yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So our first black and white movie that's black and white for sake of style. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it. I mean, this is another label it's been given as kind of a film noir feel to it. Yes. Uh, I didn't really know what that meant necessarily, so I kind of looked, and it was basically a lot of movies that were happening from the 40s to the 60s of like crime dramas right. mm -hmm. um, and they said generally it's like low lights a mm -hmm. lot of night stuff yeah uh, kind of like a palpable atmosphere of dread throughout yes. the whole movie um, it gets even weirder. It's been called an Iranian vampire spaghetti western. Yes, which definitely is appropriate. spaghetti western. Okay, you guys say that, and Marie yes. said the same thing, but like, I also, describing something as spaghetti western is really difficult to s just say, and then like... I think Tarantino has a very spaghetti western style. Yeah, yeah but we just keep using the word. I never know like exactly what spaghetti western to is. I got that vibe from just the music to me. Yeah. Mm. And the movie is very western. That makes sense. I looked it up, and... Uh, Initially, spaghetti westerns were used to describe Italians making American western style right. movies and releasing them, uh, hence spaghetti westerns, so Italian westerns. 
Um, as for this movie, A Girl Walks Home, uh, I think the elements you can see are going to be the music, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. Like you said, there's a lot of like guitar uh, that kind of matches up with cuts. They all have a lot of main characters that are, are more complex uh, than usual, especially in horror movies, and they generally kind of teeter between heroic and villainous qualities. Yeah, uh, It's extremely violent, which I think for a drama this is extremely violent, but for a horror movie it kind of pales in the violence, but right. it kind of falls in line with that. And there's a lot of quick cuts between like zoomed in, wide, and uh, medium stuff to build attention. Okay, so I think that's probably the longest genre section that we've done because this movie just has like a, a long list right. yeah, of it things does. It's a fucking that are classified up. but I did want to mention one thing, more thing about this movie that's debated and ask you guys do you guys think this movie is like a, a feminist creation? We'll or get into that We'll get into that because yeah. I asked my girlfriend Maria and she she believes it is but I then my next question is and maybe we'll, when we get into that we can talk about it like was that to be on purpose or does it kind of line up with the plot of having like a strong female lead that also yeah. kills males that yeah. prey on females, which I get that as well. Um, but well, I'm not going to take your fire away from you. Yeah, let me, let me give you a little background and I'll take you there. Okay. Okay, good. so Girl is written and directed by, like we said, American Iranian Lily Amirpour and is her directorial debut. Pretty cool start, I'd say. For Pretty sure. fucking classy start. I think it even gets cooler once you start looking at uh, how she raised money for this movie. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know anything look, about it. Makes her look even more like a baller. Um, it was initially a short film, and she's made a bunch of short films, and a lot of them have received international attention. She's won a bunch of awards and nominations to quite a few uh, like film festivals. I'm not going to bore you with the names of any of them. Uh, personally, I liked her second film, too, The Bad Batch. Uh, it's like in a post-apocalyptic with like a splash of cannibalism and Jason Momoa Oof. as one of the main leads. Uh, check it out if you're into that kind of thing. It's it's kind of it's got a gritty feel to it, and the music is also excellent. And you forgot to mention that uh, Jim Carrey and Keanu Reeves are in the movie. Jim Carrey's in it too. Yeah, he's the hermit. Oh, weird. Uh, I remember I, Keanu Reeves, but I don't remember Jim Carrey at all. I this. did glance at an article that said, like, this director helped Jim Carrey get a really odd role. So maybe he's like, uh, weird. I don't know. I wouldn't have noticed. Um, anyway, she moved to the U.S. in the 80s with her fam and immersed herself in American films as a way to acculturate to her new home, which I know is what a lot of Iranians did. My aunt actually learned English by watching I Love Lucy. Um, So she made her dad rent her at least five horror movies to watch each weekend when she was like 10 to 11, 12 years old. Supportive father. Yeah. Needless to say, she grew up watching horror at a young age. Uh, Faces of Death. She saw when she was like fucking 12. That is insane. I know. The Halloweens, the Fridays, the Exorcist, Jacob's Ladder. And then she got into fantasy. Um, But back to the film, the vampire was established first, and the story was kind of built around that. And what inspired the Chador-wearing vampire? Well, she basically just put on the Chador one day and was like, whoa, I feel like a fucking vampire in this thing. And so she, yeah, so she envisioned like a black and white short, no dialogue about a girl who walks home alone and gets stalked but then goes and kills her stalker. This really, it kind of reminds me of um, Trick or Treat. 
Yeah. You know, the short from Trick or Treat where it looks like this little kid walking home alone and there's something big behind him the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he you ends, think like you think he's in trouble and he ends up killing yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. But she saw the Chador more so as a cape than an oppressive symbol of gender politics. Ah. A lot of people are trying to analyze this movie on another level, myself included. Uh, you could interpret this movie in a fuckload of ways. I have my theories that make sense to me. Is there a gelato... Is there a geopolitical aspect as well, potentially? Well, when I first watched it, I was thinking of, like, the Savak police in, like, the 70s, like, where these, like, women in Chador's would just, you know, you would think that they weren't, like, paying attention, but they were literally going around and being, like, the moral police if anybody was acting a fool. It's terrifying. So I thought of this vampire as, like, one of them. Mm -hmm. but the secret that's, police? Yeah, that's not what she had envisioned. Um, but people did always, people always ask if what the feminist message here is. And she says, I'm just going to quote this. Am I saying something about women? Yes. And men and children and cats. If the film is feminist just because it's about a girl who kills men, then maybe I'm a feminist. But I also watch porn. Crazy gangbang porn. I mean, I barely know what I am. That's interesting. That's a funny quote. <laughs> interesting thing to throw in there at the end about porn. I get what she's saying, though. It's what? like... I mean, oh, so you're a that's feminist. Like a you like fucking gangbang porn? Yeah, yeah. It's... I don't know. I get... Okay. Now it makes sense. You know, Thank you. I don't really know how to explain that. Really put it in perspective for me there. <laughs> she's able to uh, digest media from both sides of the spectrum? I, yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So I think she really just, like, wants her audience to get what they want from it. So she's not going to, like, lead anybody to say one way or another. You know what I say is, keep the politics out of my horror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I disagree with that. With out of the horror? I'm saying. I want saying. politics everywhere. That's true. Okay. Like, it's cool to have, like, oh, this actually means this. Yeah. You know? Like, I love bullshit movies, but I sure love something with a good message, too. Yeah. I mean, like, some artful shit, like, fucking get out with, like, all the ulterior messages and yes. shit or thanks killing and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's thoughts on vietnam right yeah and you know when asked why she made a vampire movie she's like a vampire is a serial killer a historian an addict and an a romantic all-in-one oh what filmmaker doesn't want to explore this mythical creature i get that yeah and a girl is basically to her a story mostly about battling loneliness and vampires are pretty much the loneliest people yes, ever. They are. Yeah. So a lot of people do compare her to Tarantino, who is one of her influences, um, especially with her style of shooting and odd characters and the music she uses, as Macias was saying. But some of the directors that really inspire her are, can you guess, the one that everyone says? Robert Rodriguez? No. No? David Lynch. Oh, fuck David Lynch. This is a very David Lynch style movie. I What else is what <clears throat> else is the only thing I can think of that he has done is Twin Peaks. I haven't watched Blue anything Velvet. else. I was too young to realize to I've watched try it to watch once, that. And it was like I don't know, not as good as the the dude from the video store said it was gonna be. Kevin Smith loves that movie. I mean, a lot of people love it. I just Blue I Velvet. Yeah, I feel like I it's, need to watch it. I need to rewatch it as an adult. Like the most pretentious. I don't know. I don't. I, maybe I'm just. I don't want to get into it, but I don't know. I feel like it's just every time I go into that fucking video store, uh, you know what I'm talking about, the one in Atlanta. Video drum. Every time I choose a movie, it's like the person's looking at me about movie I selected. Right. Yeah. And when we got that movie, the guy said, "You're not gonna understand it." 
What a dick. They Mar- would say something I like know, that. I know, because Marie was saying that, you know, like, oh, you know, he likes horror movies. And, like, I think I got a horror movie. But it was a basic, like, bloody, like, you know, blood feast or something. Cool. And he's like, oh, you probably won't understand it. And Why then, would he say that to you? Because it's Videodrome. He's That's single. So and he lives alone. He doesn't have family. I don't fucking know. What a douche. Yeah, he's a douche. He's an asshole. His life is unhappy, so he wants to make others unhappy. Yeah. Anyway, back to what you were People saying. Are stupid. Yeah. Anyway, another one would be Francis Ford Coppola. That was another big influence for her. I like him. Um, interesting note, though, she has thirty percent hearing loss, which she associates with the lack of dialogue in her films. Right. Yeah. Like she actually has some hearing loss. Yeah. Like it's hard. How hear. did she get the the thirty percent? Like the I, doctor? I don't know. Is there a reason, like tinnitus or like? I didn't look that. that is she in a rock band? But I'm like, oh, I could see why, like, you don't like rely on heavy dialogue in your films. Yeah, I don't know. Or see the importance in silence. Yeah. Well, I think it's obvious that images and framing are more important than talking in her films. So I like this director. She seems to go against the grain, which is admirable. In her interviews, she just does not hold anything back. She loves the f bomb. Yes. Does she? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's like it's. Was, I've never seen an interview like it. It's like fuck, really? fuck, fuck. And I've read several with her. And she her. just seems like sh- very real, and yeah. she seems like somebody who would be fun to fucking kick it with. The way that she spoke, I thought for sure she was our age, but she's actually like in her forties. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. She looks mm. young too. Um, but now that we have a better sense of uh, our director, Macias, please tell me a little bit more about our Hoshkele vampire girl. So our main character was played by Sheila Vand. And for her to get prepped for this role, Amir Poor wanted her to watch Gummo. Fuck that movie. Yeah, that's what I hear. <gasps> she also had her watch Nosferatu, obviously. And she had her read Anne Rice's interview with the vampire because to Amir Poor, that was her introduction to vampires oh. as a youngin. Uh, Sheila Van also watched videos of like large cats and cobras to prep for the predatory aspect. Oh, you could see that role. in the way she like moved in this movie. Yeah, I thought. And I know she was saying like a lot with the cat that was in the movie, which she, you know, because she was she was obviously trying to model the way she acted after like a predatory animal. Mm. So she, when she would get into her head too much, she would like watch the cat and kind of oh, neat. see its coolness and bring her back. Yeah, that's cool. Neat. I don't know if you're going to mention it, but I read for a second that the cat wasn't supposed to be in the movie, no. but it was such a good actor that she put it in. I don't even yeah. know what that means. It was called, I think the cat's name was like Masuka or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was not, like I said, or like you said, not even supposed to be part of the movie and they ended up using him. Like he just showed up and started giving lines or something? Like I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, how does that just, happen? Just I think somebody was just like, you should put this cat in your movie. It was somebody from the crew, like yeah. production or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Cats seem really hard to wrangle, so... Way to go, cat. Yeah, Amir Poor was very focused on the animalistic aspect of the character. So even though there's like this whole love story going on, she still wanted you to remember that after all, she is this dangerous animal. In an interview, she mentioned Siegfried and Roy. Like you can train an animal all you want, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of days, then one day it can wake up and just bite your head off. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a healthy relationship. No. Doesn't. But she's a vampire. She can try to be good, but... At the end of the day, she's still a monster. She's still a monster. Yeah. Cool monster. So Amirpour had Vand in mind as the vampire from the time she created the character. She didn't even want to write the script until she spoke with Vand and got her to agree to the role. God, she was beautiful. She, you know what? Her look, I really wasn't into it. I'm, she just, something about her I just wasn't attracted to. But the way she carries herself in the movie is... Oof. 
I liked her. Yeah. She totally controls the camera. And, like, even though she has such... She barely speaks. But she just has such an impact when... It's her eyes. Her. Yes. It's all in her eyes. And that's pretty much why Amir Poor chose her. She said she's got this, like, loneliness to her. This, like, boredom with the world. Um, which Van said in an interview. She's like, yeah, that's kind of accurate about how I am. So oh, that's man. cool. She also... Like her character looks young, but you could the only way you can see that she's older is like in her eyes. Mm. I guess that she's seen a lot and been a, been around. Uh, fun fact, Armia reported all the skateboarding shots. She's been skating her whole entire life and she happens to bear a striking resemblance to Van. If you look at photos of them, I thought I was looking at pictures of the other one, but actually No. Oh. They could be sisters for sure. They could totally be sisters. It's a cool skateboarding fact. Yeah. Yeah. She's a cool she's chick. Like, wait, let me. She also was the girl at the party in the skeleton face. Mm -hmm. I think she had blonde hair too in that yeah. scene. She did like a cameo. Yeah. She's like, yeah, where are the drugs at? That's fun. Yeah. That party did look pretty fun. It the party sure looked fucking did. Did you have ecstasy flashbacks? You're watching that. Yes. When you start taking the ecstasy, I'm like, oh my God, my heart's I racing. Feel I feel like I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he did not have fun. I feel bad for the guy. I feel no. bad for. Well, because that girl forced him to do drugs, and he's like a drug dealer, and he doesn't touch his own stash. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't he didn't have a good time. Yeah, that was Arash Mirandi, so he actually has the same name in real life. Oh, he's a babe. He was a babe. His character is written for him as well. I watched some interviews with him, but he is not great at speaking English. So it was kind of hard to understand what he was saying. But and the translator, anything? I mean, he could speak English. He just what oh, band kind of took over the interview because she obviously speaks yeah. very. She's from California, so she speaks fluent English. I gotcha. He seemed really nice though. Yeah, he's cute as shit. Uh, then we have Saeed the pimp. He was played by Dominic Reigns. His character was based off of Ninja, the guy in the South African hip hop group Die Antwoord. Interesting. I'm your poor. If you look up Ninja, yes, it's it dead on. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. The hair, the tattoos, the tracksuit. Prick. He, it's it's just douchey. I don't know. Yeah, so. You like Diane Word. I love Diane Word. I saw them two years ago. Uh, so this guy, he looks really intimidating. He has this crazy weird haircut. He's got tattoos everywhere. He wears chains. Usually he's not wearing a shirt. And, like, he looks kind of scary, but he's also, like, this fun-loving dude. And that's why she... Amir Poor had him like had Dominic Reigns watch videos of him because he looks very scary but again he's like he's really fun and like pimps can be kind of intimidating so mm. she didn't want him to be like all gangster but they can also be kind of fun yeah pimps they know can. how to party you know I don't know about that I love the part where she's got his like the vampire has his finger in her mouth and it's like very sexy and right. then fucking chomps it off I'm like Yes, he deserved that. He did deserve that. He was a douche. He was a douche. Bad boy. Hey. Uh, so Ati the prostitute, she's played by Mozan Marno. And Ash, I believe you said she was in something else. Yeah, she was in Stoning a Soraya. If you've never seen that movie and you need like a reality check of like weird shit that happens in the world, check it out. Gosh, that sounds heavy. It is. Yeah. Basically a stoning in a small town. You Oof. asked me if I had seen that and I was like, it kind of sounds like a snuff video that Zach would have shown me. Uh, maybe I can show you one if you want I can I'm show good. you the poop one after this no stoning stonings are really fucked up like they basically bury you from like the waist so you like your the rest your waist up you're out of the ground but you're like you can't move because they've put all the dirt and shit around you and then like a fucking village gets around her and just starts throwing rocks and the movie like shows it it's 
fucking nuts. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, it, it has got that kind of a vibe to it. So maybe don't watch it if you can't Ugh. handle that. No. I'm not into it. Yeah. Sounds like a downer. It's a downer. A bummer. But she's great. I love her. Yeah, she was beautiful. I think everyone in this movie was pretty attractive. Yeah. Except for um Hussein. Hussein, he was not he was not that cute, but everyone else in the movie was pretty damn cute. He's especially had, he's had better days. Yeah. Yeah. The lady from the the um The rich girl. The rich girl. Woo. Whoa we Yeah, hot. <laughs> she's not she, i looked her up she wasn't in anything else surprisingly but maybe wow. she was just like one of her pretty friends she was like hey can you be in my movie for a little bit great thanks God, she was breathtaking. yeah she's really pretty she reminds me of like a different level of like iranian like money like social yeah. lights yeah money money for sure there were a few movies that amir poor had the cast watch so one was francis ford coppola's rumblefish David Lynch's Wild at Heart and Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. Hmm. Uh, she also had the cast listen to some music in particular to get inspired as well. Interesting. I haven't heard this before of like a director telling people to listen to a certain album or artist. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. She made a special playlist for each of them. That's, that's fucking cool. That's pretty Very, cool. That's so thoughtful. As a music lover, this yeah. made my heart grow yeah. three sizes. So the playlists were to kind of help each of the actors bring their character more to life. Amir Poor said this, which I love. She said, music is everything for me and for most people tell so much about who they are and what they need and what type of twist is in their step. So much of what I do starts from music. Song or artist will have the feel of a place or a mood or a personality or a moment. I always use music when I'm writing with my cast and with everyone really. When we drive on scouts and camera tests, they play the songs and describe the moments of the film they convey. It's great to do that while you're out in locations. It starts to give life to the film's personality. I dig it. Unless it's one of those people that also then refuses to get like a streaming service and they're always like on YouTube with uh, like, oh, let's wait for this ad. Like, oh, oh like song coming up. Oh my God. You know? I can't imagine she doesn't pay for Spotify. Or like I... a Pandora and we're just going to risk it and yeah. shuffle until we get the song I'm looking for. I know with Bad Bat, she actually had the playlist down before she even made I the think I'm pretty sure the script. Th cool. It was this one as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I just there's so songs that I hear and like I'm just like creating scenes in my head and every time I think of them or like hear them I just I'm like I totally get what she's doing here and I totally love it. Like yeah. shark, shark baby, baby shark, baby shark, baby shark, baby dog shark, 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 baby shark. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> okay. Like that one scene in this movie, like the most epic scene in this movie of like them in the fucking oh, we'll get bedroom. To that. Okay, yeah. go for it. So I want to go through it and kind of tell you the playlist that she gave each character. For Sheila, um, or for the vampire, she gave her very 80s music, obviously. You see the Madonna posters yeah. and Michael Jackson in a room. Um, and obviously uh, White Lies, which yes. is the song that plays in the bedroom, uh, which also has a kind of new wave 80s vibe. For Arash, she had him listen to Radio Tehran's whole album, 88. It's a goodie. Yeah. I think you would good. really like it. I don't know it. Yeah, I'll send it well, to it's, you. Well, it's all Persian. Okay. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's um, like indie-ish. Nice. There's like three or four songs on the in, in the movie from their album. For The Pimp, she had him listen to a lot of dirty techno. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> she said she could imagine his character doing a bunch of blow, listening to techno, doing crunches, and playing duck cut in his apartment. Yeah. Like, yeah. awful. <laughs> it does sound awful, but that you can... Yeah, Sounds accurate. Yeah. Sounds totally accurate. It's exactly what you want out of your pimp dog dealer. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
for Arash's father, she had him listen to 1970s pre-revolution Iranian rock. That's that's good. Mm. And so, Ash, back to you were saying, I personally loved the song that was playing when Arash and the vampire were in the room for the first time. Oh, I've listened to it like seven times since yeah. the since it's I awesome. watched it like this weekend. It's called Death by White Lies. I looked him up and realized I actually have a few songs of theirs on other playlists, so they're pretty good, I think. And the song that they choose, this is what Amir Poor had to say about why she chose it. She said, I heard it when I was living in Germany the year before I made the film. It has the vintage nostalgia. It's a new song, but it has this feeling of synth pop from the 80s. It's just like that feeling of falling in love, but in an adolescent way. It has high school love feeling. It's this innocent John Hughes kind of feeling. That's what they are to me, those two, because it's so dumb in a way to fall in love. It's two people who have no clue who each other are. It's so dumb, sweet, nostalgic love. But I totally got John Hughes yeah. like from that. I was like, this feels like a breakfast club. Like, this really monumental scene. Her whole bedroom felt like that to me. I loved all the scenes in her bedroom. Oh, I did too. It was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like that that whole scene, I was like, this is I just couldn't look away. I was mm. like, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. From the skateboarding where they meet and then into the bedroom and yeah. he's slowly coming up behind her. Oh my god. So it's a romance. It's a romance. <laughs> y'all. We like I loved it. it. <laughs> Zach's rolling his eyes. You lost me. <laughs> oh God! Obviously, it's okay. Yeah. So, so we <laughs> so we keep talking about Iran with the music choices and a lot of the uh, the cultural context that we get. But this movie obviously wasn't filmed there for multiple reasons. I mean, I don't think they would have been allowed to film it there. No. At all. Probably um, not. But they did film it in Southern California, which I guess can be kind of shifted to look Middle Eastern. Fuck yeah. It's black like black and white. <laughs> Irangelis is like a Irangelis? Yeah, like oh. a lot of Iranians moved to like Southern California. So. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, I thought it was interesting because it further reinforces the spaghetti Western stuff of uh, where you had Italians trying to simulate the old West in America, but then they would film it in Spain because it looked like it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's it's that's a really weird kind of coincidental thing, but uh, that's what I was looking at when I was looking at budget. Uh, for the actual budget, I had a hard time nailing down an exact amount, and that that's kind of comes into play when you're looking at a lot of these smaller movies. But I had a really easy time finding interviews where the director talked about the struggle to fund the movie because she hadn't directed a full-length feature before. And that she says that's probably the hardest thing with investors. If you haven't done it before, they have a really hard time just giving you a bunch of money, which makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, you know, you're trying to get someone to give you the keys to a car, but you haven't driven yet. Right. The most stable estimate I saw was $1 million on a website that they used for this movie, so not very much if that's true. Um, but if you think about it, they didn't have very many big names as far as actors. She kind of handpicked a bunch of people that she had she knew from that scene or from that culture scene. Uh, it didn't have a bunch of crazy costs because it didn't go to Iran. They filmed it in Southern California. And also they made the entire movie in 24 days, which Whoa. isn't like uh, super, it's super quick, but it's not the quickest we've seen. It's not yeah. the longest we've seen. Um, the movie was funded in all sorts of different ways, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it had a GoFundMe type of request initially. It was on this uh, crowdfunding site called Indiegogo, which is a site that's like GoFundMe, but you get to keep the money for a project even if it doesn't reach the goal. Cool. Oh. Um, so initially she had a higher uh, asking goal, and the website contacted her because she was talking to them, and they thought it was a great idea. So they advised that she lower the goal because it's more important about hitting the goal, and she <laughs> lengthened the, the deadline as well. So Indiegogo actually featured her project as project of the day on the front page of their website one day, which helped them reach their goal. And also 
it got a bunch of investors to start investing in the movie separately from this Indiegogo campaign. And uh, someone that I didn't think was going to pop into this podcast did, uh, Elijah Woods. Yeah, I saw that. Surprisingly saw something about this, got interested, and he had been in talks of starting a horror production company called The Woodshed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Get it? Elijah Wood, The Woodshed. Oh, yeah. cool. And this was one of the first of two movies that he helped produce and fund. Um, the other one, I forgot the name. It's actually, no, it's called Toad Road. I don't know what happened with that one. Mm, never heard of it. This was back, uh, I guess, in 2012, 2013, when uh, all this was going on before the movie. So Elijah Woods, The Hobbit, is somehow involved in this. So it was crowdfunding for a million-dollar budget. Uh, to get back to what it made in the box office, it was only released in 19 theaters. Whoa. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's gonna be at your big city, yeah, independent theater potentially. If you're in Atlanta, maybe it's gonna be at uh, the Plaza or the Terra or the Terra. Um, but from those 19, it made 500k. Um, so it, if the one million dollar budget is accurate, you can also probably try to take into account what kind of money it made from the streaming services because this movie yeah. was very much made for uh, horror streaming services and for I think it was a Netflix at some it point. It was yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. That's think where I initially saw it. So I can only imagine a Netflix deal and a contract that probably grows somewhere between to make them up with the budget and then now they're on Shutter and a few other places where you can rent it or get a streaming service. Um, so I think they they did a really good job with the money they had and. Uh, Kind of finding some gems in the rough with these uh, these actors and actresses you talked about mm-hmm. that aren't super popular but fit it really well. It's like such a creative way to like fund a movie. Yeah. She also said though that like you should try to if if you need to you should try to crowdfund but only do it once because it gets really annoying asking your family and friends for over money. and over for money, which yeah. I completely understand. Oh, yeah. I, I would hate having to do that. Nope. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm good. Never mind. I'm not gonna do it. But I was really impressed with the ingenuity there yeah. and the creativeness. Um, and I didn't expect to be talking about Elijah Woods at all during this movie. He's he's a creep though. He's like a creep in a lot of movies. It makes sense to me. Maniac. Like some weird creepy shit. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. Um. Well, this movie got a 96 percent on the wow. tomato meter and wow. a 75 percent audience score. Metacritic was also interesting. Out of the 28 like critic reviews, it got 26 positive reviews, two mixed, and none were negative. Wow. Um, people love the aesthetics, the moodiness, and the spooky feel, along with the original take on an oversaturated genre, you know, vampire lore. Um, but some thought the plot could be better. A Hollywood reporter beguiling in its strangeness, yet also effortlessly evoking recognizable emotions such as loneliness, loneliness, and the feeling of being stuck in a dead end town and life. This moody and gorgeous film is finally more about atmosphere and emotions than narrative, and none the worse for it. Uh, New York Daily News said, while the plot is too light to sink your teeth into, the dreamlike David Lynch-style imagery is engrossing. And then I found a little Reddit user um, that had a little bit of both, you know, positive and negative. He was like, I adore the film for its precise style, photography, soundtrack, and use of atmosphere and tone especially considering it's from a first-time director, but I'd have to say it's a little bit too ambiguous at times. I think that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't know. I really liked it, so. 
kind of hits across the board with all of those. Yeah. You know? Um. There's only one tagline, and it's dog shit. It's not even really a tagline. No. Ugh. What is it? Um. The first Iranian vampire western. Yeah, it's probably going to be the only one. Yeah, it's not a good title. It's not a good one. It's a very specific. Uh, yeah, know, they should have yeah. just not done one, I would say. Yeah. yeah, or just maybe like taking, you know, a good 20 minutes to come up with one that wasn't dog shit. Fair. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, put me in a room. That's I'll right. Figure something out. What you got? Give what me some Coke. There? I'll come up with some great shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say spaghetti western. I say blood. That's even better. That's okay. It's better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> sure. Well, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Yeah. I want to know if you were Arash in this movie. The the boy? Yes, the boy. Would you pursue the vampire? How and if so, how would you make it work? Or if not, why not? Do we know she's a vampire? Yes. Okay. Well, I I would definitely pursue her. Because, I mean, I was thinking about this and I was trying to think about, like, the logistics of, you know, loving someone that doesn't age. It really only disbenefits the person that is immortal, the vampire. Yeah. Because mm. the person that's getting older, like, assuming the vampire loves you and they won't get sick of you, like, they have to put up with everything. They, You know, they get to see your peak. You know, a yeah. rush in this movie is still going to be, you know, 30, which is, you know, 35, which is, you know, the male peak, 40. But then once you start hitting like shitting in your pants, like yeah. that vampire is going to have to be there to clean it Wipe all up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. still going to have a very attractive, hot yeah. wife vampire yeah. or husband vampire that's having to do this shit for you. And you don't have to be put in uh, any type of uh, care. Yeah. Right. You know, you don't have to also watch and you're going to die first. One of the scariest things for me is like you get into this long term relationship with someone that you love and then you have to kind of gamble on who's going to die first. Right. And then Ugh. you're either alone or, you know. Or you're just dead and you leave the other person alone. So with right. this, I you already know. I that happens to me. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want to die first. Well, I, Do uh, you want to die first or do you want to last longer? I kind of want to last longer because... <laughs> what? I kinda, okay, hear me out. If you were in a relationship that long, yeah. could you imagine getting like, you know, it's kind of like when you're home alone and uh, you're, uh, you know, your partner isn't there and you yeah. get to kind of like, I'm going to drink beer all day and watch movies and no one can judge me. <laughs> but for your life... For the rest of your life. And then you still can say, like, oh, I miss uh, her or him. And then you, like, pour your glass up yeah. and you just take a sip. Maybe pour some, pour some on the floor a little bit because you and have to clean up. I was going to say, nobody cares because <laughs> you're not cleaning it I'm up. Not I guess I've always dated people that are, like, uh, lazier than me, so... I don't know. <laughs> or, they, or people that do shit for me, so I'm more it's more advantageous for them I to just be around. I just want them to... I just want to die before my significant other because I don't want to be sad. I'm fine with them being pretty sad. selfish. I know. Well, Fuck that makes up. sense. Allie's pretty tough. <laughs> she, she can she, handle her own. She can handle it. She'd be fine. Also, like, if your your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend uh, is a vampire, shame on them for not infecting you so you can always live here. That is a commitment yeah. they will not make. That's like yeah. ultra commitment, like, or Yeah, they're like, you know, honey, I uh, just, uh, I just don't want to put you through that life. Yeah. Like, fucking call it the Cullens in, like, Twilight. He's yeah. like, no, you can't, Bella. And I'm like, what you hiding? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I want to f That and, like, have so many wives. after yeah. you, like, go past a certain age, you just know it's not going to happen. Like, yeah. if, you, if you don't bite someone, then they're, like, 35, like... This is it would be my dream relationship because I would love to date someone that's hot as fuck forever. forever. You're young, you're just like yeah. you're strapping. Yeah, but then you get old. See, my stipulation in this whole thing would be like great. If we're committed, 
and I know that we're committed. Who's to say you know? But we'll just say that I know. If we divorce later as vampires, that's fine. But I need you to turn me. You gotta make me a vampire. That's the only way I'd see this thing working out. Why? Because you think they don't want to fuck your bag of bones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't want them to. I'm like, sorry, I'm like fucking 800 years old and looking like shit and you're still hot as fuck. Yeah, no. Wearing depends. That's so and, mean. Yeah. Gotta no. take Mucinex to have sex. Yeah. You mean uh, <laughs> Mucinex? Lubriderm, Mucinex, I don't fucking know. Wow, you're just throwing... Cialis, Viagra. Cialis, yes. Cialis. Oh my god. Because when you take the pills, it doesn't matter when the time comes, you'll be ready. Yeah. You no. Know? I just want to look hot too. Do vampires shit? Yeah. Like what do they shit though? They're just drinking blood. Um, I, I I think we're getting into discussion of a <laughs> lot of different types of vampires. Some eat, some don't. But I don't think they should. I will say, I love how she shook that little boy and was like, don't fucking be mean to girls or I will fucking find you. Like, you said, don't be, be a, a bad good, boy. Yeah, like, be a good boy or whatever. Somewhere he's a social worker now. Yeah. And he watched her <laughs> throw that body away and he kept his mouth shut. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Nope. Not doing that. Good answer, everyone. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a break and get back to you guys with ratings. Okay, so let's finish everything up with what we thought about the movie. We're going to start with one of our 11 horror variables. Uh, let's go to jump scares first. This is probably one of the lowest scores in a while. It's not a very yeah. jumpy movie. It's 3%. Nope. Yeah. Um, again, not not the, the jumpiest. Not the jumps. Yeah, for soundtrack, much different. Uh, give that an 83% because it's a very good soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like that's kind of uh, one of her primary focuses on not only writing, but, uh, you know, kind of the Garden State Award for good soundtrack. We can Ooh, give it. For nice. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for gore, again, it's not very gory, which is mm -mm. weird because vampire movies, I'm not going to say they should be gory because Interview with a Vampire is a sleep fest, but <laughs> it uh, it doesn't have much gore. It's no. a 16%. Yeah. Yeah. For shock value, I rated this one a little higher because I thought about its shock value in relation to Iranian culture, but it, we gave it 26% overall. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think in terms of Western vampirism or vampire movies that it's extremely shocking whatsoever. Uh, for suspense, a 16%. It's yeah. Not, not much no. going on. Was not on the edge of my seat no. for anything. Yeah. For monster slash killer appeal, we varied a lot. I bet we gave Did it a, we? a one, a ten, and a seven. Oh Whoa. my god, I loved her. Yeah, I think I was obsessed. I gave her the seven. She was so alluring. Yes. She was like she was, the epitome of what you want a vampire to be. I developed such a crush yeah. on her. A one? What? A one? We don't. A one? We don't know who put the one. Zach, you yeah. call me out all the time. <laughs> a one? A she, one. You don't think she was a good vampire? I, it's not that I don't think she's a good vampire. I just, I, she wasn't that frightening. Like, you know. But she's a vampire. You don't. Yeah. But this movie is about. She was vampires. like crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying that she looked normal for most of it. What? And when I look at Monster Trash Killer Peel, I'm looking like, give me that thanks killing. You know, he's always in character. He's he's yeah. rough and rowdy. You that know, was a good villain. He's a, <laughs> a really good villain. I've quoted that movie twice. Oh my god. I gave it a one. You know, I, I, fine, it's right. not my favorite movie. You can chastise Obviously, me for that. Obviously, because you mentioned thanks killing twice now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for special effects, uh, I don't... For special effects, we gave it a 10%. I think that speaks more to the fact that you don't need much special effects no. in this movie. Not that yeah. necessarily they were bad. It's not relevant, really. Yeah. For horniness, we gave it a 50%. 
with Macias being the one on this one, I gave it a seven. Ooh. I should have given it a higher score because the cast okay. was really beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's why I did. That's where my thought was. Yeah. Everyone was hot. There's no boobies, though. No, no. but you didn't need it. It's no chopping uh, mall. You always, no, no <laughs> chopping mall. That's yeah. for sure. Someone that was in the movie died recently. What? How do you know? Because uh, someone texted me about it. And uh, <laughs> then I realized that who the fuck cares a chopping mall? It's cool. Not Wait, that he died. R.I.P. Like, was yeah. it a man? Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, there's a big horror actress in that. Oh, but no. That wasn't her. Uh, for acting, we gave this a 66%. What? Yeah. I thought everyone did great. I did yep. too, Zach. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about individual yeah. scores. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll remember this next week when you try to like shit on me. Jacob's letter too. That's fair. <laughs> uh, 66%. Uh, for plot, we gave it a 50%. Again, I think I'm pulling down all these scores. <laughs> yeah, <so>. it sure <laughs> is. We keep looking at him like, what the fuck? Okay. We but get it. We get it. You hate this movie. I don't hate this movie. We'll get to what I think about okay. it in a second. Uh, for a personal score, uh, I give this movie a 43%. Um, I don't hate this movie. Jesus. I just think it's a bit slow for me, and I'm incapable of uh, processing romantic movies and dramas and that's just a personal flaw so i understand why you don't like oh, it that was a nice way to put it it's nothing against this movie uh necessarily i think it's a bit slow not enough gore um i like vampires but like you know she, she kind of defanged a little bit in my opinion her she's long toothed but a little short <laughs> long a little tooth. short she's long in the tooth but short in the heart Okay. You know? okay. Um, so yeah, 43%. I like the director. I hope she keeps doing stuff. She sounds rad. But, uh, you know. Um, Not so your type. So, Macias, you gave this much different score of 88%. Yeah. What did you think about it? I liked it a lot more than I thought I did. I normally really don't like slow movies. Um, I didn't even realize this was black and white until I was like reading interviews about it after I had watched it, which wow. is so weird to me. I just never because you're turned it. off by black and yeah, white. Yeah, but I was I don't I just didn't even notice. Yeah, I really liked this movie. It was like the romance was really cool. It was slow, but it was what do you call purposeful? Mm. The music was really good. I thought it was a great story, and it doesn't hurt that everyone was pretty easy on the eyes, and we had a badass chick vampire that mm. was pretty cool loved her look i really liked a lot about this movie but like i said i understand why like as a horror movie i hate it i yeah. would hate yeah. it as a horror movie yeah. and i understand where you come from zach yeah. With this, yeah but yeah for me it had all the things that i like yeah. fair um how about you ash you gave this a 85 percent yeah i think this is like a perfect valentine's day like creepy movie um so that's kind of why i picked it and because you know it's a cool vampire take it's different than other vampire movies i just love the style and feel of this movie there's just something about like it's just beautiful i think it's like a beautiful movie and the music the music did it for me and i'm probably biased because it like Iranian film and it's just exciting to see like uh Iranian American director doing something like so you know out there you know and not giving a fuck and just doing what she wants to do so I admire her a lot it's definitely really cool to see a little bit into Iranian culture mm -hmm. or just watching a bunch of people speak Farsi because I don't <laughs> think the average American gets most uh exposure to that no yeah it um, was so hard to try I was trying to paint my nails while I was watching this and I'm like yeah, right. Trying to watch the movie and paint as well. But thank God there wasn't a lot of dialogue. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we gave this movie overall 72%, which was much higher than I thought we would have it because I gave it uh, 43. So yeah. kudos to you guys for pulling Bad. your pulling your resources <laughs> to create a movie to where you thought it should be. Uh, for number of kills, there's three kills, I think. Were there three? I thought I had more than that. So we had the Diane word, the homeless dude on the street. And Hussein. Hussein. And Hussein. Oh, yeah, you're right. Only three. Three okay. kills. Uh, there's one sex scene, kind of. Low job, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, there's zero jump scares. I don't think mm -mm. there were many. There's uh, not any explosions. <laughs> not <laughs> no. in the budget. No. Nope. And uh, there's two monsters. Who did you count? The pimp and the pimp, and the you can count the vampire. She's killing people. For sure. I think the dad's a monster for putting his son through all the bullshit. Yeah. And Fucking for addict. Injecting someone with heroin. Oh, yeah. I hated that oh, scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rude. And uh, she didn't that want was rude. it. You're right. Very yeah. rude. Mm -mm. No. I mean. Auntie was trying to get her shit together, man. It's a lot. Not a happy one, but that love story makes it so that it's not too dark. I just like keep going back to the bedroom scene yeah. where he's like standing behind her. I don't think I, w I definitely would not have liked this movie had it not had that aspect to it. I would have been like, this is too dark. Oh, What's yeah. the point of this? Would, I don't like it. I don't think she would have made it if it didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So we're uh, closing the book on chapter one of Vampires for Horny Horror Hour. Um, it is my choice next week, and I'm a little conflicted because I usually try to choose movies you're able to find easily streaming. I don't think I'm going to be able to oblige this week because I really want to watch a movie that's not really offered anywhere. You can rent it, of course. You can torrent it. If you want to email me, I will help you find the pirating torrent to get it for you. You know so what? You also may be able to find it at Goodwill in the VHS section because it's an older movie it is an older movie which we haven't done a lot of i looked through the last month and a lot of the movies we did were in the 2000s mm -hmm. and even the 2010s which is fine you know there's a lot of uh a good 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 cult movies that have come out but we're gonna do salem's lot cool from 1979 uh, one of my favorite eras in horror yes. it's like in the golden years of the, like the, the late 70s or the early 80s Very cool. um it is a uh stephen king book Okay. Which is great. We've done a lot of those in the podcast. He writes yeah. really good uh, fiction, of course. And it is one of my favorite directors. It's Tobe. 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 Oh, then it'll actually be decent because a lot of Stephen King movies are hit or miss. Yeah, but Tobe. This one's pretty high scoring. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've watched it maybe three years ago. Uh, it's very long, but if you sit through it, it's a good payoff. Worth it. And it's, okay. it's, 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 I think it's very entertaining. So we're doing Salem's Lot. Try to find it. Again, if you can't find it, I can help you find it. If you email us, which can lead us into email us at hornyhorror.gmail.com to talk about any movie suggestions, uh, stories, uh, anything that you want to at all, any questions. Um, you can always find us at any social media outlet at Horny Horror Hour. So it's going to be Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, yeah, yeah. So to get into the, the mood, uh, don't draw blood when you bite your partner. And if you don't have a partner, unless they like it. Don't tear into your right hand, you know? I mean... I don't know. If you don't have a partner, you're probably beating it a little bit. Oh, got it. Beating the meat on the street. I gotta don't. look up this Malawi shit. Malawi? The vampire yeah. thing? I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta dig into that a little bit later. Yeah, look up the Malawi stuff. It's uh, it's on uh, online if you just said Malawi, M-A-L-A-W-I, vampire. Um, if you want to find a disgusting video on Reddit, go to Reddit. Museum of oh Filth, God. and you will find a top post about a very uh, what to say about troubled that man. Troubled I don't know man. if I have the guts for that. I do. I've watched it twice today. Jesus. Well, I sent it to three people, and I had to make sure what I was sending them was correct. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you guys have a good week.
You too.